Welcome, everyone, to the newest Discover Strength Podcast mini-series, where we'll be focusing on 12 things we think are essential for getting better results from your workouts in less time. Join us as we go deeper on each topic in a format that's perfect for sharing and broadening your own knowledge. Thanks for joining us, and please enjoy this week's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to this Discover Strength mini-series on 12 things we think are essential to maximizing your efficiency in the gym and getting the best results in the least amount of time. Today, we're talking about one of the biggest myths and misnomers we get when people come into the gym for the first time. You see it all the time on Instagram, all the time on Facebook, uh, talking about one big word. Dave, what is it? What are we going to be talking about today? Today, we're going to be talking about the core and core training. But Dave, do humans have cores? As our fearless leader, Luke Carlson would say, humans don't have cores, apples have cores. So when people talk about core training specifically, what are they actually talking about? What do they mean? Uh, What muscles are they referring to, whether they know it or not? Yeah, generally speaking, when we have a client come in who wants to do more core training or is interested in the core, it tends to be around improving abdominal appearance. That's overwhelmingly the goal when we have people ask us to do more core training or to do core training. Yeah, and I think this is something that's super common, again, because it's so pervasive uh, within social media to hear people using this word over and over again, core, you have to improve this, you gotta do a billion crunches every day. Um, But I think one of the things uh, we tend to see or hear a lot of the time is also people come in from places like a physical therapy clinic where their uh, PT may be talking about when we do some core specific exercises to strengthen the areas of the midsection and low back, but all people hear is core. So when we're talking about strengthening that core area, specifically the low back, why is this such an important thing for people and something that they really should pay attention to? Yeah, so as you kind of touched on, we're usually going to be really specific about, okay, we're actually just talking about the musculature of the abdominals, the obliques, and the lumbar spine, right? Generally speaking, that's what people are talking about when they talk about the core. We just want to talk about addressing each one of those specific areas. Now, the reason they're oftentimes getting a recommendation to, they need to strengthen their core, they need to do more core exercise, is because those muscles are involved in so many of the activities and recreation that an individual will do that if they're weak, uh, they're going to have a lot of pain, potential back issues, et cetera. And so uh, oftentimes that can be the recommendation because they are so involved in what people are doing on a day in day out basis. Now, from a social media perspective, again, very pervasive uh, within our industry, we see all the time, again, these recommendations, you need to do this type of crunch into this type of ab twisty, and then do 10 sets of 100 reps of each, and you'll have abs like, you know, this person that you follow on Instagram. Uh, Is there a difference? Now, we see it all the time, but is there actually a difference in how we train these areas versus other muscle groups in the body? Do we need to be doing a million sets of a million reps of each exercise? Yeah, so your abs, your obliques, your low back, they're no different than any other muscle in your body. And so they should be trained in the exact same fashion. They should be trained hard, right? They should be trained to the point of failure. If you're not trained to failure, you're probably training with a little bit more volume, but it shouldn't be any different than how you would train your chest, your back, or your legs 
it should be train them hard, give them some time to rest and recover, grow stronger, and then train them again in a few days. You get these people who will train and for whatever reason think that their abdominals are different than any other muscle in their body and they'll train them every single day where they would never do that with their legs or their upper body. And so uh, it's important for people to understand it's the exact same as anything else that you would train. So what are some of the risks as well of if we're only focusing potentially on that front piece of the core, again, we'll call it here, our midsection, our abdominals and our obliques, are people at risk for potentially developing um, uh, just sort of a, a disadvantageous condition by overtraining one area and leaving another area behind? Yeah, I mean, I would say just generally speaking, we want to achieve balance between anterior and posterior, um, and frankly, side by side, um, in terms of how we're addressing training somebody and making sure we have a well-rounded approach. And so, um, in general, if you're only training just the musculature on the front of your body or the left side of your body, um, you know that may lead to some issues down the road. It may not, but generally speaking, you want to make sure you're you're addressing all of that musculature and not just the abdominals and people focus disproportionately on that probably because they want to improve abdominal appearance and they fall into this myth of spot reduction yeah so before we dive into spot reduction i just want to take a, a second to, to go back to that point there and, and really emphasize i think a lot of people misconstrue this idea of I need to strengthen my core with, I need to strengthen my abdominals. And like you mentioned there, they, they disproportionately focus on the anterior, the front side of the body and disregard what may actually be causing them a lot of pain, a lot of discomfort in their core, which is low back issues, not a strong enough low back lumbar spine. And a lot of people just disproportionately don't touch that area at all, right? When that's the area, if anything, they should be focusing probably a little bit more on. But let's go into this idea of, of targeting the midsection of spot reduction. People seem to have this misconception that if you just do a thousand crunches a day, you'll all of a sudden get abs. Talk to us a little bit about that, why that doesn't work, and what actually works if somebody wants to get their quote-unquote six-pack showing. Yes, yeah, so we've, we've talked about this in other podcasts we've recorded. The single most important thing that somebody can do to improve their abdominal appearance is to improve their body composition, right? You're, if your goal is to have a more toned appearance, sim tone is simply absence of fat and presence of muscle. And so the way that you get that appearance is by losing fat and then preserving or building muscle tissue. So the best thing they can do is reduce their caloric intake and probably have a little bit of a higher protein intake in conjunction with their strength training. So from a from a improvement of appearance perspective, it's disproportionately diet and not the type of training that you're doing. Yeah. So I mean, the recommendations become almost identical to our, our previous episode where we talked about body composition. I think this is something that sort of blows people's mind when they first start strength training or first start um, maybe. Uh, dieting effectively and seeing like, oh my God, I, I have abs, right? And they're under there, right? We all have them. It's just a muscle group, the same way that all of us have biceps and we all have, uh, you know, quadriceps and hamstrings. We all have very similar muscles. It's just the amount of adipose tissue that's on top of there, right? And how you're going to get those muscles to show. So I think one of the ways to sort of drive this point home is when we think of the differences in people's abdominal appearance as well, right? Some people have those very thick abdominal walls. Other people have thinner
thinner, flatter stomachs. And these are people obviously where you can see their six packs, right? Nobody's rectus abdominis is exactly the same, but they're all there, right? It's just a matter of, uh, like Dave was saying, toning up, getting rid of some of that excess fat. Now, how do men and women potentially store fat a little bit differently? And are there any differences in how they should approach um, trying to get uh, a little more abdominal appearance? Yeah. So in general, males tend to store fat more in their belly um, and a little bit more in the upper body and females tend to be more in the hips and thighs. Now there's a little bit of variation person to person, but that's just more generally speaking, male and female differences. And the idea of spot reduction, once again, um, is if I train that area, I'll see a reduction in fat in that area. And we know that's just not true. The reduction in fat is going to come basically based off of how you gain and how you lose weight. So males will probably start to lose belly fat and upper body fat a little bit sooner, a little bit more easily than females. And females will probably lose fat in their hips and thighs a little bit more easily than a male might. Yeah. So the, the recommendations are the same. Again, it's just um, training full body, right? To improve that resting metabolic rate, that's going to help you burn calories more efficiently. And then getting into a slight caloric deficit, using something like a bod pod or an in-body or a DEXA scan so that you actually have an idea baseline of how many calories you should be consuming instead of just taking a shot in the dark. And then watch that six pack show guys. So you don't need to do an excessive amount of crunches. Um, we should definitely be targeting that low back area specifically, but we treat both of those areas just like any other uh, muscle group. Am yeah. I forgetting anything here, Dave? If anything, you should prioritize big multi-joint movements of the upper and lower body um, because that's going to have a greater effect on your metabolic rate than doing just abs is. So if I wanted to improve my ab appearance, and I could only choose a few exercises, I would probably choose leg press, chest press, and a pull down before I would get to abs. Abs would be probably like eighth on that list of exercises that I would choose. So just because it's it's not a huge muscle group, and I know spot reduction is not a thing, so I should prioritize those big muscle groups that are going to have a, a profound metabolic effect. And then the one thing I would add is just bear in mind that aerobic exercise is probably not going to do anything when it comes to improving my abdominal appearance. Um, you know, they've done studies where they look at uh, aerobic training and strength training and strength training has a much more profound effect on waist circumference and body composition. So um, definitely prioritize your, your strength training and then big multi-joint movements. Yeah, I think that's a, a great way to end there and, and something, again, to just remind people that when it comes to the priority of the exercises you should be doing, always focusing on those bigger movements first because you're going to get the most bang for your buck out of there and in reality if we're keeping our abdominals engaged if we're doing something like a pull down exercise um, a chin up whatever it might be you're going to get the same strengthening benefits that you would from some direct work onto those abdominals but again we know that that direct work is not what's going to lead to that abdominal appearance right it's going to be losing some body fat increasing your resting metabolic rate and doing that for an extended period of time until those abs start to show thank you so much for joining us again today dave uh thanks everyone for listening and we look forward to seeing you all again next week thanks Logan.